0: You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. We are in week number eight of a nine-part series called From Dream to Reality, where we're looking at the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis, who got a dream from God when he was 17 years old, but that dream didn't become a reality until he was 30 years old. And Psalm 105 verse 19, it actually talks about that 13, 14 year gap where it says this, that until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. In other words, that there was this gap between his dream and that dream becoming reality. And this verse says that the whole purpose of that gap, the reason why he didn't get it instantly, was all about his character. And that's because, and here's kind of our big idea of this series, is that big dreams must be supported by big character. And so some of you, maybe right now, you have a dream from God and you know it. But it seems like it's so far away. I'm telling you, the gap in between those things is the same for you as it was for Joseph. And he says, hey, like, I want to work some things on the inside of you so that when your dream becomes reality, you have the character needed to be able to sustain and to support that dream. And so far, we've been looking at these nine character tests that Joseph took for his dream to become reality. And essentially, these are all tests that we're gonna have to take eventually at some part of our lives. And we're gonna finish it out next week. But today, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, we're gonna be talking about a doozy. Uh, We're gonna be talking about one that, that I promise you, man, it has been challenging. I think it could be the most challenging one out of all of them. And today, we are gonna be talking about the pardon test. Pardon, P-A-R-D-O-N, pardon test. And Webster's dictionary's definition of this word pardon, it actually means to absolve or release from the consequences of a fault. So in other words, the pardon test can also be called the forgiveness test. And Joseph actually faced this test in Genesis chapter 42. So let me give you just some quick context before we read. Joseph at this time has been promoted to second in command of all of Egypt, and they had already experienced seven years of prosperity. And what we're about to read, this is during the next seven years of famine. So within like the first year or so of that famine is where we pick it up. In Genesis chapter 42, starting in verse one, it says, when Jacob... And Jacob is actually Joseph's dad. When he heard that grain was available in Egypt, they were living in a land called Canaan. He said to his sons, who was Joseph's brothers, why are you standing around looking at one another? I have heard there is grain in Egypt. So go down there and buy enough grain to keep us alive. Otherwise we'll die. We're not going to make it. So Joseph's 10 older brothers went down to Egypt to buy grain. Verse six says, since Joseph was governor of all of Egypt and in charge of selling grain to his people, it was to him that his brothers came. And when they arrived, they bowed before him with their faces to the ground. Remember his dream, his original dream when he was 17. And it said, Joseph recognized his brothers instantly, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Now, let's pause for a moment and picture the scene. So after 20 plus years, Joseph is finally face to face with his brothers. These were the same brothers that when they're introduced to us in Genesis chapter 37, it says that they hated Joseph. These was the same brothers who plotted and made schemes to kill him, the same brothers who ended up throwing him in a pit, the same brothers who sold him as a slave to Egypt that eventually led him to being falsely accused of sexual assault, that eventually led him to prison for a crime that he didn't even commit. These were the same brothers, guys, who ruined his life. But let's be honest, like Joseph had every right to be a little salty. I mean he was like, he was a little salty right here when he first had this interaction and he had every right to he had every right to be angry he had every right to hold on to offense and to be consumed with bitterness like i think it could have been so easy for him to just spend countless hours like ruminating about what his brothers did to him like just thinking about all the ways that he was wronged and all the ways that it affected his life from that day forward just over and over and over again, just ruminating over those thoughts. And I bet it was so easy for him to just daydream and imagine what he would do if he ever had the chance to get revenge. And this was his chance right here. He had the power, he had all the control. His brothers didn't even know that it was him. But look what he did. Let's skip ahead after a lot of back and forth in Genesis chapter 45. Here's what it says, starting in verse one. The word of God says that Joseph, he could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room and he said to his attendants, out all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and he wept. He wept so loudly, the Egyptians could hear him and the word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph. Imagine what that was like for the brothers. Just imagine after 20 years, you're standing in front of a man and he says, by the way, I'm him. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. I bet they were scared. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. I bet this is where they really got nervous. Please come closer. He said to them, you guys picture this as I'm like, you know, because I'm sure they're like kind of stepping back. and they're like, No, 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 come here. Come here, man. So they came closer and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery into Egypt. But then everything shifts. He says, not what we think that he would say. Maybe not what we would say, but don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt. And then in verse 15, it ends with this, that then Joseph he kissed each of his brothers and wept over them. And after that, they began talking freely with him. Isn't that beautiful? So let's have a little group therapy session. Um, how many of you, just by show of hands, have ever had to forgive someone? Just let me see. Okay, that's good. That's most people, and not some of you, no, I guess not. Um, um coming your secret. Um, Also, by show of hands, this is a little bit more real. How many of you have ever had a hard time forgiving someone? Just It hasn't maybe been the easiest thing for you. See, I'm convinced, guys, that one of the hardest things for a person to do is to truly forgive someone that's hurt them. I think it's so much easier to not forgive. It's so much easier to hold on to hurt, to hold on to bitterness, to hold on to offense, to hold on to unforgiveness, but we gotta realize today that unforgiveness, like it rarely hurts the other person, but it always hurts us every single time. I've heard it said that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And in Matthew chapter 18, we see that Jesus, he like uses this metaphoric language and he paints this picture that unforgiveness is like choosing to put yourself in a personal prison. And I think that sometimes we struggle with forgiveness because we buy into some lies that forgiveness is actually something that it's not. And I just wanna make sure that we're all on the same same page and that it's very clear that uh, some things that forgiveness is not. Number one, forgiveness is not minimizing the seriousness of what happened. It's very important for us to realize that that is not forgiveness. So when God says, hey, forgive, he's not saying like, hey, minimize the seriousness of what happened because the truth is maybe some of you are here, and you've experienced some very real hurt, some very real pain, very real heartbreak and disappointment, very real betrayal, very real deception or abandonment or abuse. And maybe even today, a day that's Father's Day, maybe even highlights some ways that maybe you have been hurt. And listen, 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 look me in the eyes. Listen closely, forgiveness is not saying what happened to you is okay. Because it's not, it's not okay what happened. So forgiveness is not just sweeping everything under the emotional rug and minimizing the seriousness of what happened. That's not forgiveness. And forgiveness also number two is not, it's really important to get this, is not reconciliation. Forgiveness is not reconciliation because the truth is, um, like, let, let me put it this way that forgiveness is not making it right with the other person. Like that's not what forgiveness is. Like you don't have to have reconciliation to have forgiveness. Like what we just read in Genesis chapter 45 with Joseph and his brothers, that was reconciliation, not forgiveness. See, I believe what, that Joseph had already forgiven his brothers long before that reconciliation moment. In fact, I believe that because he already forgave them that he could have that moment whenever that reconciliation happened. And that's because reconciliation, it takes both people. Like it's, it's a two-player game. Reconciliation is a two-player game, but forgiveness just takes one. It's, it's a one-player game. It's something that you decide to do regardless of what the other person does that person that hurt you, that offended you, that, that, that abandoned you, that betrayed you. It's what you decide independent of what they decide to do. And the truth is, if you require reconciliation to happen for you to experience forgiveness, then you are holding yourself hostage to the person who hurt you. Like, listen, they, not you determine how free you get, if that is the case. But write down this principle that forgiving those who hurt you is the key to not being permanently victimized by them. I think that's a word for some of you today. Some of you, you, you have held on to something and, and it's maybe because you have this view that it has to have reconciliation for that not to be there anymore. But let me just tell you that forgiving those who hurt you Not reconciliation, forgiveness is the key to not being permanently victimized by them. Then the last thing that forgiveness is not is that forgiveness number three is not a feeling. Because the truth is um, you probably will not feel like forgiving that person. Uh, Can I get an amen from church? Like, I mean, like you're, you're probably not gonna feel it. You know, you're not gonna be like, you know what I want to do today? What I am so excited to do is to forgive that person that ruined my life. Uh, that's, I'm so excited about that. I just, I feel so much joy when I think about that. No, like you're not gonna feel that. Like, like I, I believe Joseph didn't feel like forgiving his brothers. Like I'm grateful for my feelings. Don't get me wrong. Uh, God made us to have feelings. God made us to have emotion. Like I'm grateful for my feelings. I just don't wanna be led by them because they make... Awful decisions and they're terrible leaders. And forgiveness, it is not a feeling. Forgiveness, guys, is a choice. And most of the time, and I listen, if this kind of pops your bubble of what you think it is, man, I'm sorry, but I love you enough to tell you the truth. Most of the time, forgiveness, real forgiveness, is not a one time choice. It is a choice that you have to make over and over and over and over, and over, and over, and over. And like, you get it? Like, it's a choice that we got to keep making over and over again. In fact, in Matthew chapter 18, um, Jesus gets approached by Peter, one of his disciples. And Peter asks him this in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? I think Peter said this next one, like, proud. Seven times? Because um, if you ask me, like, I think you're a pretty good human if, if you do that. Like, you're a good human if someone hurts you and you have the ability to legit forgive them seven times. Like, I think for me, honestly, I only got about two or three in me before I'm out. He says, seven? Seven times? Listen to Jesus' response. Nope. Not seven times, but 70 times seven. Now, some of my mathematically challenged people that are here at church today, that's 490. So you should, Jesus says, hey, you wanna know how many times you forgive somebody? 490. Um, So why did Jesus answer that way? Why did he out, like out of all the numbers, why 490? I wish I could tell you that it has this deeper in the Greek. This it, but no, that, that I, I don't got it. Unless, it may be there, but I don't know it. Um, like, but does he literally mean that? Like, you got to forgive somebody 490 times. So 491, you you let them have it. I mean, just like, <laughs> I don't think so. I think he said that number because a few reasons. One, that if you're Keeping score, you you really haven't forgiven. Second, I think he said that um, that seventy times seven, um, because he understands that there are some situations that require us to keep making the choice to forgive over and over every single day. Sometimes, let's be honest, multiple times a day, where we just have to keep forgiving over and over and over. And and for forgiveness, forgiving someone it, like. It's not a feeling. It is a choice. And so the big big question today is like, how in the world do we actually do this? How do we forgive other people? Because I've learned that forgiveness is a two-step process. It is a simple two-step process, but simple does not mean easy but it is a simple two-step process. And here's step number one, the very first step that we have to take when it comes to how do we actually forgive somebody else? It's maybe not what you think. Step one is actually we have to experience forgiveness. We have to experience it. Um, Before you ever extend forgiveness, you need to first experience forgiveness. And here's why, because you cannot give what you do not have. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible says that he, meaning God, the Father who created the universe, who created you, it says that he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom. What a day to talk about this. Purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 and 14 says, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave, here's a big word, all your sins. He canceled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Listen, church, because of what Jesus did on the cross, you have been completely, totally, and fully forgiven in the past, everything right now, and everything in the future. And the truth is, let me nice, you will never have to forgive someone else as much as he's already forgiven you, right. ever. And you need to realize today that that's how you are forgiven already right now. It's everything in the past, everything right now and everything in the future. Now, check out, what, uh, check out what Jesus says in this verse in Matthew chapter 10, verse eight. I saw this verse in a totally new light this week when I was preparing and this is what it says. It says, give as freely as you have received. Think about this text through the light of forgiveness. Like, hey guys, Here's what you need to do when it comes to forgiving. Give as, you, as freely as you have received. In other words, the only way that you can give it is if you've received it. And maybe you're here today and you're having a really hard time forgiving someone. Maybe it's been recently, maybe it's been for years, maybe it's been for decades but there's been something or someone in your life that you have held on to and that it's been so hard for you to extend forgiveness and maybe, maybe, the reason you're having a hard time forgiving is because you've had a really hard time receiving forgiveness and you cannot give what you don't have. And maybe you've never received that forgiveness that we read about in those two verses that God offers you through Jesus. Maybe you've never experienced that. Spoiler alert, I will give you a chance to receive that at the very end of this message. But maybe you have. Maybe you were here and you are a Christian. You have received that forgiveness. You are a follower of Jesus. But ever since you got saved, deep down, part of you believes that God's forgiveness has strings attached to it that it's like conditional based on your behavior. So like when you first got saved, I received it. But now every single time you make a mistake or that you're not perfect, you feel that you have to pay for or earn new forgiveness every single time or God is going to get even with you. Let me make this perfectly clear. God's never gonna get even with you because he's already got even with Jesus. Like, listen, God's, God's forgiveness is not based upon your behavior. It is based on your belief. And so it's so important for you, if you are a follower of Jesus, to settle in your soul that you have been completely, totally and fully forgiven past, present and future, and nothing will ever change that. It's so important because if you don't, if you feel in any way that you are paying for your mistakes or earning God's forgiveness after you've gotten saved, you will make others pay for their mistakes and earn your forgiveness. But let me tell you what this whole thing is all about. C.S. Lewis put it so brilliantly where he said to be Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in me. You wanna know the very first step in forgiving somebody else is that you have to experience forgiveness. And step two, after you have experienced it, then number two, extend forgiveness. The order is very important. We have to make sure that we understand that that order is so important. You cannot fully do step two before you do step one. And um, once you've experienced forgiveness, only then can you truly extend forgiveness. And the Bible is so cool because the Bible not only tells us that we should forgive someone, the Bible tells us how We should forgive someone. Listen to these two verses. See if anything jumps off the pages at you like it does me. Uh, And it's very challenging, by the way, for me in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, but then tells us like how... Forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. Colossians chapter three, verse 13 says, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have, has a grievance against someone. And then he had to throw this last sentence in. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Church, God doesn't just call you to forgive people. God calls you to forgive people the exact same way that he has forgiven you, completely, totally, fully forgiven. And some of you are sitting in your seat right now with your walls up, defensive. Yeah, but like that's just too hard that that's not just hard that's impossible like you don't know my story you don't know my situation you don't know my circumstances you don't know what's been done to me you don't know how bad I've been hurt you don't know like the pain and the heartbreak that I've had to walk through and you're right I don't know but I know God does and I know that God, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, put these two verses in the Bible. And my question to you would be, would God put something in the Bible and ask us to do something if we weren't able to do it? I don't, I don't think he's that mean. And some of you may be thinking, yeah, but like, but they were Wrong. And my response is, of course they were wrong. Like you don't need to forgive somebody for being right. <laughs> right? I forgive you for being right. No, like of course they were wrong. You don't need to forgive somebody for being right. Listen, forgiveness is not always easy. But it is always right. Always. I know it's not easy, but it is always right. Now, I've been following Jesus since June 25th, 1999. If you want to hear a little bit more about that story, come to Grow Track today. I'll tell you all about our story and why we started the church and everything there. But um, uh, by the way, this week, this coming up week, it'll be 22 years. It's my spiritual birthday. I'll be 22 years following Jesus. And for most of that 22 years, I have not really struggled in this area. Like, trust me, I've struggled in a lot of areas, uh, but unforgiveness has not been one of those areas that has been really hard for me. I've I've tried to be someone that lives my life with thick skin and a soft heart, tried to believe the best in other people, even when mistakes happen, not just assume the worst. I try at least, and Um, you know, I've just made a decision, especially the older I get, that if I'm going to err on any side, I'm going to err on the side of grace. I'm just going to be guilty of grace. I'm going to be somebody that extends the grace that someday I hope I never need myself. I'm just, you know, I try to live my life that way. But about six years ago, um, I got broadsided by some news. Anybody ever experienced that? Just got broadsided by some news. You woke up that day, you never expected that, never Uh, That that really hurt me really, really bad. Um, And I think what made it so bad is that I never saw it coming. I didn't anticipate it at all. I call it like an overhand right in boxing. It's not the most powerful punch, but you don't see it coming. That's why it knocks you out. So I felt like I got hit with an overhand right of some news. Um, And after I experienced that news, it, it left me feeling very rejected, passed over, Uh, Betrayed. I felt like the purpose of my life got very much delayed. Um, I felt very embarrassed. But mostly, out of anything, I I felt humiliated. Um, The truth is, I had never been hurt like this before in my life, ever. I'd never been hurt like that. And instantly, and here's what made it worse instantly, I knew I should forgive pastor, preacher, talk to people about forgiveness. And so I knew, like, I knew that I needed to forgive, but it's, but it's like, I couldn't, like I wanted, I didn't want to forgive at all. I I wanted that person to pay. I wanted justice. I wanted somebody to hear my side. I wanted, I wanted accountability. And so for six months, I literally made the conscious decision to carry around, like baggage, my unforgiveness. Like Matthew 18 said, I literally made a decision every day to put myself in a personal prison of unforgiveness. And it, the truth is it negatively affected so many areas of my life. Like it affected my attitude. Uh, before that, I felt like I was a person of joy. And then all of a sudden it felt like my joy just got taken from me. I, I didn't have any peace, like in my spirit. It's like... Um, I mean, I just, the, the level of fulfillment that I was experiencing literally tanked in that time. It affected my relationships. It put every relationship through this filter of like, are you now gonna hurt me? And it was hard for me to trust. Uh, it even affected my health. There's only been a handful of times that I've been sick in our 18 year marriage. And during that time, in that six month time, it was two different times that I physically got sick. And I don't believe it was this, okay, you just got caught something. I think it was literally a physical expression of what was happening on the inside of all my soul. And um, it affected everything. And then during that six months, I heard a message about forgiveness, very similar to this, where the pastor shared these two verses from Luke chapter six, um, where Jesus says, and by the way, I'm just gonna warn you, you're not gonna like this. Okay, just, uh, I did not like it when I heard it. There's certain verses I hate. This is one that I I do not like. Here's what it says. It says, so listen, I I was in that space and I heard this. But to you who are willing to listen, which I reluctantly was, I say, love your enemies. Nope. Do good to those who hate you. I don't want to. Bless those who curse you. No chance. And then this one pray? Jesus, you want me to pray for those who hurt me? I was like, there is not one part of me that wants to pray for them. And then I I started getting sassy. And so I'm like, okay, fine. I'll pray for them. I'll pray that they experience every curse and plague in the Bible that's mentioned. I, I'll pray and then God gave me a verse I'll pray Psalm 3-7 Arise O Lord rescue me my God slap all my enemies in the face shatter the teeth of the wicked I'll pray that some of you are like I just found my life verse right now just it's like yeah I'll pray that okay you want me to pray for anyone I'll, I'll, I'll pray scripture Psalm 3-7 soon after that was a season that our church actually does every single year in January uh, called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And um, it's, it's, it's a rhythm that we do every year, but um, I've done it for years and years and years before this. And um, during that 21 days of prayer and fasting, I typically have like some type of game plan going into it. It's like, okay, here's my fasting plan. Here's some things that I'm really going before God and asking him to move on these things. And um, a lot of times, Heather and I will share those things with each other, pray for each other. And, um, and my wife, who is much more spiritual and godly um, than I am, she challenged me to pray for the person who hurt me during that 21 days. And uh, even though I didn't feel like it, I'm like, you're right, um, I made the choice through gritted teeth to pray every day for 21 days, I'd be like, God, I pray for that person. Would you kind of do some good things in their life? <laughs> That's kind of where it started. <laughs> <That> was it. <laughs> That's it. All right, move on. Next thing on the list. Uh, over that 21 days, that prayer started to shift and change. And God, I pray for that person. I pray that you would bless them in every way. I pray that you would bless their influence, their leadership, that you would bless your marriage, your children. I pray that you would give them increase. I pray that they'll be closer to you than ever before. I just pray that they hear your voice so clearly. And just the prayer started shifting and changing and more. And, um, and it started to change me. Now, let me make this clear I did not minimize what happened or sweep anything under the rug. And at the end of that 21 days, there wasn't reconciliation, but I was different. Listen, your prayers may or may not change them, but they will always change you. Because I was no longer stuck in this personal prison of unforgiveness. And listen, it was not easy, especially at first. But as we pray, let me share with you this again. Forgiveness, it's not always easy, but it is always right. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. and Before we end today, I want you to create just a space for you and God. And I want you to ask God right where you're sitting right now, if you're watching online, pray this prayer. Just say, God, what are you saying to me today? What are you speaking to me? Ask him, what does my response need to be to this message? God, do you have a next step for me that I need to take? And this is so heavy on my heart. And with every eye closed, I just wanna see just by a show of hands, how many of you over the last 35 minutes during this message have had a specific person or a specific situation come to your mind? during this message. Just if if you had something specific come up into your mind, will you just raise your hand? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me just help you. Let me pastor you for a moment. If your hand is up. I believe that was God speaking to you. We always ask, God, what are you saying to me? And I think sometimes it's so hard for us to be able to know, is that God, is that not? See, I believe that if there was a specific situation that was brought to your mind, that was brought to your heart, a specific person. That's God highlighting that and saying, hey, this is something that I want you to deal with. Pardon them today, forgive them today. In fact, if you're here and that's you, I wanna encourage you with every eye closed, would you just extend your hands in front of you and just literally open up your hands. Like maybe you were holding on to something before you came in here, but right now you can extend it. You can open up your hands. It's still there. You're still holding it, but now God can do something with it. And so, God, right now, we lift up these situations. You know every single situation. You know every bit of hurt and pain and disappointment. You know the abuse that is that is being held right now. You, you know the abandonment. You know the betrayal. You you know you know the heartbreak. And God, we're not going to minimize that today. But God, right now, as a choice of our will, even if we don't feel like it, we open up our hands. And God, we choose to extend forgiveness. And maybe there'll never be reconciliation. But right now, we extend forgiveness. We pardon that situation. God, we let go of it. We ask that you take that and would you replace it with things like your peace and your joy, your hope, things that only you can give us. And with every eye still closed, maybe you're here and you just don't need to extend forgiveness, but you need to experience forgiveness. Maybe it's for the very first time. Maybe it's you've already made that decision before in your past, but today you just need a fresh start Just if you're far from God, we want to give you the opportunity to experience forgiveness today and get right with God today. And we're not going to point you out. We're not going to make you come forward. We're not going to embarrass you in any way. All I want to do is lead you in a very simple prayer. And if you want to be included in that prayer today, you know, I need to experience and receive the forgiveness of God, whether it's for the first time or it's all over again, without hesitation on the count of three, I want you to put your hand up in the air as a step of faith saying, Pastor Brian, include me in that prayer. If you're here and that's you and you need to receive and experience the forgiveness of God. On the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. If that's you, whether it's for the first time or it's all over again, just raise it up. I got you, I got you. Anybody else, anybody else? Yeah, yeah, I got you. That's awesome. You can put your hands down. Pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I need you. And I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. And I invite you into my life right now. Will you change me? I cannot do that myself. And not just will you change me, will you make me brand new? I give you my life. I surrender everything to you past, present, future. And today I receive your complete, whole forgiveness. And today I choose to follow you for the rest of of my life we thank you so much for Jesus we thank you for the gift the sacrifice the ability to be able to receive that forgiveness through Jesus and it's through Jesus that we pray and everybody said amen church can you clap your hands come on and celebrate come on with those that just made that decision oh it's awesome you never gets so old If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit QueenCityPeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at People or visit QueenCityPeople.com.